Welcome to Your Mental Breakdown, the podcast where you get to follow along with a client in real therapy sessions. And you'll hear two licensed psychotherapists. That's us. Breaking it down afterwards, so you get a look behind the curtain. In this episode, we talk about seeing Drew's progress and what's next for him after getting the support of his parents and putting in his two-week notice at work. In the session, we look at how issues from his past relationship have shaped how he approaches his current one. And in the breakdown, we highlight Drew's growth and how he's feeling more confident in himself as he starts to recognize triggers without repeating old patterns. Stick around. I am Doug Friedman. And I am Meredith Levy. And this is Your Mental Breakdown. Hello. Hello. How have you been? I've been very well, thank you. I'm almost used to seeing you on my computer instead of right next to me. I know. It's it's an almost. <laughs> right. Right. Not better, not worse. No, it is worse. It's worse. It's worse. Uh, definitely not better. It's just different. Definitely. So you want to hear something so cool that I did last night? No, no, no. Tell me just crappy stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure I could find some of that. Well, <laughs> um, I went with my whole family and we went down to the beach at like 930, which is usually past my bedtime, but right. I made an exception. And we went and saw the luminescence, the bioluminescence. That's the oh, name. Oh, yeah. The glow in the glow in the dark seaweed and stuff like that. Oh, my God. It is so fucking cool. You've got to go check it out before it goes away. They say it can be a week or a month that it's here, but it was so cool. You can see like, I guess it's the plankton or something that comes right, at a certain time right. of year. And but if you draw in the sand or when you walk in the sand, like the wet sand, it lights up like electric blue. Oh, wow. The waves that crash. Like sometimes they're electric neon blue. It is so fucking cool. Nice. Yeah. Did you have to sneak into the beach or was it open? No. And there, it was a lot of people more than I, yeah, had no idea. So we parked at the bottom of the hill and then like walked across PCH, of course, where there's a light because don't ever run across PCH. Pacific Coast Highway, right? Pacific Coast Highway. But the like sand people, everyone was like on the sand, you know, it just, you can't park in the parking lot, but there was a bunch of people there and it was freaking cool. I guess during the day, the ocean looks red. So that's why it's called red tide. And then at night it's the bioluminescence. So yeah. Anyway, I really had no idea. I don't know if that's the first time I've seen it or maybe I just don't remember, but it was a spectacular event. That's cool. And the people out, were they, you know, six feet away from each other and keeping socially distant and all that? For the most part. Yeah. For the most part, everyone was really aware. Nice. nice. And in their that's own cool. groups. And yeah, it was fun. And it reminds me of like, Getting out of my comfort zone is okay. You know, I was like, I'm going to go home. And then I was like, ah, fuck it. It's literally three seconds from my house. I'll just go with you guys. And I was so glad I did because normally, you know, I just would be like, meh, you know, and I think it just was a good reminder of all the cool things that there are to do that quarantine or not, but you know, that we don't often do. So did you see, have you seen, there was a great clip floating around of a, a guy reading a bedtime story to his kid about 
tell me the story about the coronavirus again. And it's a guy in a British accent. It's looking back on, well, the year was 2020. And it's, it's so cool. It's all about like this, this was the time when, you know, our species remembered what it was to be human and to find humanity. And, and this is where the shift started, which is oh, a, wow. a wonderful sentiment, you know, and you think like, if you pull back and see sort of the wide shot of this whole thing, you know, yeah, there's going to be a paradigm shift. I mean, totally. Yeah. We're still in it. So there's really no way to know it or know what it'll be like, but it, this was a, a really cool clip and we'll, yeah, we'll attach it to this. Looking back and saying and finding all the positives in it instead of just looking at like we were all fucking locked up and it was hell. Well, and that's, you know, it, it's something, you know, the old phrase hindsight is twenty twenty, and, and yeah. that's, I think, one of the tags in it because we're not going to be able to know in the future what the impact of this will, will have had. Yeah. You know, we're, we're having the impact now and we're having totally. the experience now. So it's really hard to kind of look at it objectively, right? Right. Yeah, no, for sure. On that note. <laughs> we were both going for the segue. That's funny. Oh, we were? Okay. Yeah. It's funny. I, I was going to go with, on that note of looking at things objectively, uh, my mom, who is also a brilliant therapist herself, listens to the podcast and she was talking to me and said, gosh, I noticed that she didn't say, gosh, that's my thing. Sorry. She said, I noticed that, you know, this week, episode 13 with Drew, there was like this shift in him. I mean, there was a tremendous shift. And she knows episode 12, he was emotional and was able to express that and let that out. And she, as a therapist, and I guess a fan, was able to recognize and hear a definite change in him in how he presented himself, how he talked, how he was thinking about things. And just from having had that, that experience of walking through the emotion in episode 12 and how he now sounded in episode 13. Really cool. Mama Friedman, wait for episode 14. Wait, wait till you hear this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's get at it. We will get at it. If you're, if you're just joining us, you know, go back in time and listen from the beginning. But Andrew, our client, my client is fresh off of a weekend back home with his parents and bringing his girlfriend with him. So you'll get to hear how the weekend was and just kind of where he's at with that. So listen up and we will be back with you in a few minutes when it's over. Yes. Bye. Bye. So I went to work this morning and that's another thing too. I'm putting my two weeks in next week. Really? I'm like super excited about that. Yeah? Yeah. Tell yeah, me about that. Super excited. Kind of before I went, there's just been shit going on at the job. And so yeah. it's gotten to the point where I'm like, I don't get paid enough to do this. And so um, I had a conversation with my parents a couple of nights ago when we got back. And I was like, hey, like I need, I need help for the next two months because I'm going to put my two weeks in and I need your support here. And they're like, yeah, for sure. Like We got you. Don't worry about it. Nice. And so I basically have put my two weeks in, but my buddy, I talked to him yesterday. I, I called him yesterday morning and he's my owner's cousin. And so I was like, hey, man, like, I'm, I'm done. I'm putting my two weeks in. He was like, well, come work for me. And I was like, yeah, cool. And so I'm going to go there and uh, kind of do exactly what I want to do. Really? Mm -hmm. It hasn't officially happened yet. So I'm not trying to count my eggs before they hatch. But uh, sure. it's something to look forward to, at least. Yeah. So I'm really excited for that. I think I'm more relieved to get out than anything. Because it's been like a, it's been a storm. 
you know, is the best way I can describe it. I, I, when we first talked, I always talked about doing my own thing. Yeah. It's just been the fear of what's next. And so once I kind of got the mindset of my parents helping me yeah. with the next two months, then it's been super relieving and allowing me to kind of like really figure out what I want to do. Now, kind of getting through it and understanding like, okay, everything's going to be fine. What do I want to do? It's been like a really good clarity. I want to do exactly what I'm about to do with friend, but I want the time and, and the ability to do what I want to do. Which is what? You know, like creating my own shit and getting it out there and, yep. and starting that. And so, yeah, it's going to be really exciting. Yeah. Sounds like you got a path laid out. It's interesting how these two things kind of coincided, running away from something and running to something. And we've talked about this a little right. bit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's more empowering to run to something. Sometimes you need to run away from something though, right? Yeah. And you kind of have a little bit of both going on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're smiling ear to ear right now. Yeah. Why? Yeah. It's, uh, I think for the first time since I've moved down here, I kind of feel like I got a footing and like I'm finally figuring out what I want to do. And so now it's just like, it's falling into place. It hasn't yet. So I'm trying not to get too excited about it, but there is that excitement of what could happen. Yeah. That excitement's okay. It's sort of like, you know, people say to me like, oh, I don't want false hope. Like there's actually no such thing. Yeah. Hope is hope. Yeah. You know, if you feel hope, that's a great feeling, mm-hmm. right? If you're feeling excitement, that's a great feeling. Sometimes we don't want to feel that hopeful or that excited because if we do, then the downfall, you know, is huge, right? So if I just temper that, yeah. if I don't get too excited, don't get too hopeful, then if it doesn't work out, I don't have far to fall. Exactly. Right? Then we also don't get that uplifting feeling either, though. Yeah. Yeah, and I totally agree with that. And I, I think there is excitement and there is hope. It's just I'm not trying to get too excited. Like, I don't I don't want to say this is what I'm doing yet. Which is perfectly logical. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I notice you've been smiling pretty much ear to ear. Yeah. You can't stop smiling because right. of this excitement, because of it. And that's great to feel that. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think the idea of, like, not counting the chickens before they hatch you can count your eggs before they hatch because they're just eggs, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. But not not getting ahead of yourself. Yeah. Because that's also scary. Like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't I don't know that uncertainty will click in. Right. right? Yeah. But you've got a couple of steps. Yeah. And it feels better. You got the safety net, which was huge. Huge. There's something about knowing somebody's on your side. Mm-hmm. But you know, they got my back. Yeah. So same thing with the safety net from parents. Mm-hmm. They've got my back. Mm-hmm. So now I can go out here. Right. Right. And what you'll discover, it's sort of like you're just out on your own. Mm-hmm. It's scary, but you build that confidence. Right. So to have somebody you can rely on, mm-hmm. I think you're doing that to jumpstart your confidence to show you can rely on yourself and others right. as opposed to can't rely on others. They're going to let me down. Don't have hope. Don't have mm-hmm. these crazy excitations or expectations of things just right. keep it mellow keep it low mm-hmm. just in case right right, right? yeah and, and like past experience like if previous girlfriend I, I think this is a great time to kind of bring that up she was super against drugs alcohol going out anything of that sort right and so when i would smoke she would yell at me what are you doing why are you doing this wow. that kind of thing yeah and so now kind of having that in my mind. I've always been kind of timid to even smoke around girlfriend, have a glass of wine, kind of anything like that. Right. And now she's kind of allowing me to do what I want to do. And I'm not saying like she wants me to go out and drink two fists and get blacked <laughs> out, but she's giving me the 
the security to be who I want to be and do what I want to do. How? Previous girlfriend, if I knew I was going to have a beer, I'd drink 10 because I was like, fuck it. Like, if we're going to do one... I'm going to get in trouble. Might as well get in trouble for something. Exactly. And now it's like, well, now I can have a glass of wine and not feel like I need to have 10 because, like, I can do it again tomorrow night. You know, I I don't feel like I have to get it all out at once. Right. It's more so, okay, like, if you want to have a glass of wine, go for it. You know, do what you need to do. And that alone has been really nice because it doesn't make me feel like I have to be somebody else, you know? Yep. That's, that's a huge key because that somebody else part, mm-hmm. we take that on. Yeah. You know, previous girlfriend freaking out with you, smoking, drinking, anything. Yeah. We're feeling judged, but the judgment is hers right. based on her experience, her life. Yeah. But we take that on. Mm-hmm. For somebody else. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now you're with somebody who's like, yeah, go have a drink. No problem. And she loves me still because, like, it's all it's all good, you know? Well, and, and I'll make this leap. You can tell me whether or not you think it's yeah. accurate. Is the previous girl, by you drinking, she felt threatened yeah. and had some judgment for herself of that, projected it onto you. You felt like shit because you were disappointing her. You were being judged. You were doing something wrong. Yeah. Even now... You know, there's probably a little voice, that critical Vader voice that pops up going, don't drink, it's wrong, yeah. you shouldn't do this. Yep. But that's previous judgment. Right. And when you go, wait, 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 I got no judgment. I'm actually okay with this. Yeah. And what you're learning when it's not projected onto me, I don't have that issue. It's, no, what do you think I, of that? Absolutely. You know, and I think it's allowing me to like figure out who I want to be mm. versus who she wants me to be. Nice. You know, like I think that's been like a huge revelation over the last, I would say, two weeks. Not a who's going to make her happy situation. Right. Because I really found that she loves me for me, not for who I think she would want me to be. Mm. Which has been like, again, a huge stress relief. I I think the last three months have been kind of rough. But these last two weeks have been like amazing. And and I feel really confident and I feel very like strong in, in who I am and in who we are. Hmm. not one of the two. Nice. Right. You know? Right. Because with one of those, man, I could overlook or ignore the second maybe not being there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. still, I, I think uh, once you said it last week of allowing that room for disappointment, mm-hmm. I think that's been a huge brain shift too because I kind of, even going into this weekend, I kind of went into it without a high expectation. Right. Instead of going, oh, we need to do this, 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 and this, and that'll exactly. be a good weekend for everybody. Right. It was like, let's just kind of see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. That idea of like doing what she wanted me to do, not disappointed. That's all her stuff that she's holding. Mm-hmm. Right. As soon as you reach the mindset that you've got now. Yeah. Oh, I can let go of that. And then whatever is held on to is someone else is holding that. I'm not. If somebody's disappointed, similar to previous girl, mm-hmm. you drinking, she's disappointed. Right. But that's for her. Yeah. She's holding that judgment herself. Right. Disappointment is hers. Right. She's going to throw that shit onto you mm-hmm. and make you feel like shit for it. If you take it, you're going to think of previous girlfriend being judged, something projected onto me. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh, that voice will come up. I'm doing something wrong. I'm disappointing. I should stop this. I shouldn't have done this. And it's, oh, man. It's we a get, lot. Yeah. It's just a lot. Totally. And if you go, wait. I'm good with what I'm doing. Parents are good with what I'm doing. If she's not good, that's her judgment. That's hers. Mm -hmm. And she can choose to remove herself and that's okay. Right. That's, that's a tough one. Yeah. Cause she could not be okay with it and it's still okay. 
allowing her that disappointment and allowing her to just kind of sit with that and process that, mm-hmm. then you can come back and, you know, go, okay, hey, what was going on? Mm-hmm. Oh, I got triggered by this thing. Oh, okay. Right. You know, yeah. our inclinations go, oh, I'm sorry, I won't do that again. I'm sorry I did that to you. Yeah. You didn't. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I don't think I'm there yet. No, no, no. That, that's, <laughs> yeah. Dude, I'm not even there yet all the time. That's, that's tough. Yeah, right? yeah. But I, I totally agree. And like, I think allowing room for disappointment has been a great thing just overall in every aspect of my life. Yeah, lifting some of that stuff off your back. Because I hold it so deep and I hold it so tight that I want everybody to be happy and I want everybody to to enjoy the time. Yeah. That it's been a great, just relief. Like, just absolute 100% relief. I think it was a great experience to give me a milestone Mm -hmm. that everything's okay. Yeah. Not a, oh, well, this happened. Because, like, stuff did happen, like, where it was like, ah, ooh. But it wasn't like a, oh, my God, this is going to ruin the trip. And like, it was fun. It was a good weekend. Yeah, it sounds like it was good with all the interactions. Mm-hmm. It was good with that letting go of that disappointment. It's okay for them to be disappointed. It's okay. I don't have to take care of everybody. Mm-hmm. I don't have to make sure everybody's having a good time. I think by letting go of all that, you were able to have a good time. Everybody else had a better time too. Because mm-hmm. they really want to see you having a good time too. Right, because I was coming home. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, so I, I think uh, I overall the entire, oh, uh, and we went to church. It's funny because I was like, hey, look, we should go to church. And she was like, don't you pay to get in? And, and so I was like, oh, okay. You've, ne- you've never been to church. <laughs> uh, right. You right. know, so like that whole skewed mindset of, of kind of that other piece of my life. Yeah. That's a really big piece of my life. Yeah. It was really nice to kind of bring her into my home church like uh, up in Seattle right. where I grew up, it was really relieving because I was worried that to a certain extent, she would judge me for that too. Because previous girlfriend, if I didn't go to church, recommended, yelled at, get in a fight. Why didn't you go? Do you not want to go? All this stuff. And, and her really giving me the ability to show her what I was doing yeah, and her enjoying it too was really cool. It's it sounds really cool. It sounds like it's incredible validation for you. Yeah. Right? And a little bit of healing from previous. Yeah. Because showing something that's a big part of your life, pop quiz, when, when, <laughs> when she's judging you for it, yeah. who's got the problem? Right. Her. Yeah. Yeah. But we're pointing the finger at you. It's your problem. You know, and we think that because some people will voice that so strongly. Mm-hmm. And the voice in our head, that critical Vader voice comes in so strongly. And we're freaked out. Mm-hmm. And we don't like seeing somebody judging us or upset with us or disappointed in not any of that. Right. The more we can see that that's their issue. Yeah. You know? Okay, she had an issue with, for previous girl, it was you need to go to church all the time. Mm-hmm. It was an obligation. Yeah. It was not a choice at all. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And anything other than that, mm-hmm. somehow for her, was not okay. So she placed that on you and took it out on you. Right. It's her issue. Right. Totally. And now a girlfriend, what incredible freedom to have it not be an issue and go, yeah, I like to go to church. My mm-hmm. faith is important to me. Yeah. You know, and yeah. to be able to show her your home church is huge. This is what where it started for me. This is what really like got me into this. Yeah. There's something that I can always come back to, mm-hmm. you know, because my faith is mine. Absolutely. And like the other thing while I was listening, I, I was kind of thinking the other kind of bigger thing to the extent of putting it on me 
but it was her problem was my mom. We it was like a quick, it was, I think it was after church actually. And she kind of came over and she was like, I know I've been a bad mom and like all this stuff. And, mm-hmm. it, and like, it was really quick and caught me off guard. And so I, I think there will be room for that conversation long-term. I just don't know what that looks like. And I'm not prepared to have that conversation yet. Because, yeah. like, she's still a great mom. You know, it, it, like, she made her choices and, like, it fucked me up to a certain extent. But, mm-hmm. like, it's not, she wasn't doing what she was doing because of me. It was right. her own thing. Exactly. It wasn't your responsibility, you know. And I love that you made that link because yeah. you're absolutely right. It's a very similar mechanism mm-hmm. and one that got ingrained in us. Mm-hmm. And we're actively loosening that mm-hmm. and going to shift that a little bit. Her getting messed up you took the responsibility for. Right. Yeah. So that was probably where a lot of it started. Right. And it just got reinforced and reinforced. But you are really actively like looking at things differently, trying things differently. You know, it's it's clicking in. It is. Yeah. Like I can I can really feel it. Mm. You know, which uh keep saying the word cool, but it is really cool. Yeah. Uh, Because like I I you know I don't I don't even know the words to describe it because it's almost like I just woke up. You you know, I'm like, oh Oh, oh, yeah, okay. Just unplugged from the matrix, right? Yeah. And it, it really is mm-hmm. seeing things as they really are. Right. And one of the things that we'll also get to is letting go of seeing things as they should be or as mm-hmm. we want them to be mm-hmm. because we can't control that. Right. You know, and as soon as we are able to let go of that and go, oh, right, I don't control any of this mm-hmm. and that's okay, you're able to see things. Mm-hmm. It is cool. Yeah. It's a more authentic way of living, mm-hmm. which is what you've been wanting. Yeah. You know, you're going to get triggered and, yeah. and shit's going to snap yeah. <laughs> sometimes for sure. Yeah. But you, that awareness that you're building now and being able to see it around you and experience different mm-hmm. is awesome because you're reinforcing those trails that you want to go down. Yeah. So keep telling me, I mean, you were like, I asked about asking parents for that safety net, how yeah. that went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was funny because more times than not, when I have a conversation with my dad, he'll give me advice when I'm saying something like mid sentence. (laughs) And so I was like to an extent spewing, but he, after like the first thing I said, he's like, okay, well, and I was like, hold on just a second. Nice. Give me, just let me get this out for you. And then you can tell me whatever you need to say. Yeah. Um, Which was that I remember like feeling like, Oh yeah, I did that. That that was cool. That's awesome. I mean, that's standing up for yourself and what you need to convey. You're like, Hang on, I need to get this out. Yeah, because because right? his first initial reaction was, "Well, hold up, like, do you have another job?" That was the first thing he said. Right, and I was like, "Hold on, Dad, let me get this out." I love you pausing him. Mm-hmm. What that was, and I'll point it out so we can start recognizing it because yeah. you see it around you sometimes, and this is harder. We'll see it in ourselves. Mm-hmm. He got triggered. Yeah, he that was a fear response. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to quit my job. Oh, <gasps> wait. Yeah. And he's going, this is reminding me of when I felt unsafe. Mm. And you, you kind of put, hit the pause button. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Let me get this out mm-hmm. and talk about this. And it enabled that trigger to just reduce a little bit. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and now he can kind of talk to you and he can still have that concern. Right. But it can be voiced as a concern as opposed to a triggered reaction response. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. I kind of talked about how I want my parents to be proud of me. Not because of I'm their kid, but because of what I'm doing. So you guys know that I'll be okay, even though it's going to be kind of a leap and, and kind of see how it happens. I don't know yet, but it, it's just nice that they have confidence in me too. Yeah, that leap, mm-hmm. it's a leap 
of faith, mm-hmm. right? It's not blind faith. It's a leap of faith and trust. Yeah. And previous experience and what they know and how they see you and who you are. Mm-hmm. And that trusting is huge for me. You know, because I said that too. I was like, I just need you guys to trust me. Like, mm. Please just trust me on this. But just trust me on making the right decision. And they're like, okay, we do. I was like, all right. This is way easier than I thought it would be. Absolutely. Man, I love these experiences because, you know, the little things that you mm-hmm. talk about. Mm-hmm. Those are little things, but little things accumulate. I mean, feathers and bricks. But those little things and what they're reinforcing is, yeah, we believe in you. You mm-hmm. can rely on us. Mm-hmm. You know, we have faith and trust in you. Yeah. You know, I've got your back so you can go out and explore on your front. Yeah. And I'm really, like, I'm, I can't tell you how excited I am. Like across the board of everything that's going on just in, in life right now. Because yeah. I, I feel like I'm on an upswing when I've been on a downswing for quite a while. And so this is the first time where I've been on my own and been in an upswing. Yeah, like I still have people with me, but I, I finally feel like I am doing it for myself, by myself to an extent. You know, of course, I'm not completely on my own everywhere. Well, the, the safety net, the training wheels, the, they got my back. Mm-hmm. Your front is still out there. This right. is still your experience. That's still you. Right. They've got your back. Mm-hmm. They're on your team. They're in your corner. That gives me that security, that trust. Awesome. You want to go out with whoever? Go for it. Right. You want to stay out all night? Cool. Yeah. And it's funny you bring that up because, friend, she's having a going away party on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, go for it. You know, I'm not worried about that. And I was like, oh, well, we should do something after, like, or before, like, let's hang out. And she's like, oh, yeah, like, I'll see what's going on. Like, I'm definitely down. But I think, friend, come in with me. Rewind Whoops. four <laughs> weeks ago, that would have instantly been like, what the fuck is going on? Why is he going and I'm not? Exactly. Absolutely. And, and I thought about it too. I was like, yo, I'm not being triggered right now. Like this, like this. Really? Yeah. I was like, this should be making me feel really <laughs> fucking shitty. And it's not. <laughs> right. So I was right. like, all right, like different. I feel great. I'm, I'm like, I have nothing behind me to tell me that she shouldn't be going. Yeah. If anything, I'm happy she's going to go hang out with her friends and, and and spend the Saturday night. Where's the security and all that? I think it has to do with what we've kind of been doing over the last couple of weeks and, and the meaningful time that we're spending together mm-hmm. of, of really kind of slowing down and being there for each other. Because now now that we're, all, like, we're almost a year into this, I'm, I'm finally understanding kind of like mm-hmm. what she needs. Not what she wants, but what she needs from me hmm. versus what I think she needs. Nice. How do you distinguish that? How do you know? I can see it in her face. Yeah. You know, and, and it gets down to little things where I'm taking that stress out of her life and reciprocating it as yeah. well. You know, she knows what I need. Like, I'll come home after a shitty day and she can see it. And she's like, let's just sit and talk. Like, let's hmm. just hang. And I'm like, all right, cool. That's nice. Yeah, I mean, that's what you've said sometimes is I just want somebody who's there with me. Yeah, without right? me having to say, hey, I need you to sit with me. Let me play the vice versa. If she stopped doing that, I don't think at this point right now, it would be another trigger. It would be like, okay, what's going on? Let's talk about it. That right there is the key. It's that communication. Right. You know, say all the time that problems are going to pop up. Mm-hmm. Can't make problems stop popping up. Right. We can improve how we communicate when they do. Mm-hmm. And that level of communication dictates how intimate, yeah. how vulnerable, yeah. how trusting we're going to be in this relationship. 
Yeah, and and I think I've really uh, again. I think this is pretty new, so it's how I feel right now. But I think I've been doing a lot better job of letting her be hurt and not. I don't want to say I was controlling, but maybe I was. Of oh, where are you going? Who are you going with? Why are you going? That kind of thing. And now it's like, yeah, babe, go have fun. Like, go enjoy. And, and that's really kind of shifted the table of her going out. But now she'll call me mid, like midway through it, and be like, "What are you doing?" Yep. You know, instead of like a me checking in, she'll hit me up midway through it, and it's like, okay, that's that's exactly what I wanted. And even if you didn't get that you're not feeling insecure when she's out there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What you're establishing with her is that foundation of trust, yeah. of reliability, open communication, honesty, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So when I asked you, like, where's, where's the security in that? Mm-hmm. The security is our foundation. We're good. Yeah. I know we're good. I know what we have. Mm-hmm. And if she wants to go out there, I don't have that FOMO thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. I don't have to be there. It's cool. Right. You know, and I'm not feeling insecure about what she might do or the choices she might make. And I'm allowing her to be herself because that's who I love. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. I like that's who I love. And like, it was funny because I I think I said this last week to her. I was like, I don't care what you do. Like, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to tell you what to do anymore. Like, whatever you want to do, do it. Like, go, go have fun. Go enjoy your life. I'm not here to stop you from doing anything. I'm here to make what you're doing better. You know, and like that, like she was like, yeah, same. Like, yeah, that's exactly what I want to do. And so all of that combined with the weekend, me and my parents, me and the family, all of that, it was really good. This is like a very, 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 very good test run. And she was like, oh yeah, this, this is a test run. Nice. And now all that being said, my worry, and I talked to her about this last night, is when I don't see her every day, because we work together, mm-hmm. I don't know what that looks like yet. And I think all of this has kind of prepped us for this mm-hmm. and so I'm super confident in going out and not being there anymore because that's always been a hindering factor of me leaving because mm. I've always felt like if I'm if I don't see her every day is she gonna forget about me is she gonna find somebody else is she gonna hang out with the model like what what's gonna happen right and now it's giving me like the confidence to be able to step out yeah it's that that confidence that trust that's the security that's the foundation that you're building because your intimacy with her is growing yeah Right. As that grows. Yeah. She can go out there and you know, you're okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And I think that's the biggest part. I, like, I know I'm okay now. Like, I know you can have moments of feeling not okay. Yeah. Like we've said, right. Yeah. And that's okay too. Yeah. Cause you know, okay. You can even say, wow, this is uncomfortable. She's out there. She's probably drinking. Who knows what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Wait, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Cause I know where we are. Mm-hmm. Now I know what we have and I know how I am with her and you will have moments. For sure. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> De- definitely. You know, and I think it, it works both ways. Yeah. Because there are times when you might not necessarily be going out and doing stuff and just go, I just need a night at home. Right. In my own place. Which has been great, too. You know, I, I feel like being able to say, no, I'm not going to come see you. I'm going to go out with the boys or, or whatever that looks like. And so it's little things like that to give me the confidence that, Okay, like yeah, you don't go out and get wild. You know, it's not what I'm trying to do, but it's it gave me the confidence to be able to do what I want to do, which yeah. previous girlfriend would never let no, me. No, there's judgment. Never doing something wrong, and then you would take that on. I'm doing something wrong. I'm bad. Yeah. And what you're getting to experience is, oh wait, I can allow her to do. The, she's going to allow me to do these things, and we're allowing ourselves to be ourselves. That's what we love about each other. Yeah, it's right? the best part. It really is. 
in real life, we see somebody for who they are and we like that. Mm -hmm. And then we take it, we try to mold it into a robot and follow, you know, what we're like and Mm -hmm. and what we want to do. You know, Mm -hmm. don't drink, don't smoke, go to church twice a week, you know, whatever it might be. And that's too controlling, too confining, constricting. We we don't Mm -hmm. like that. It's not real. It's not giving us autonomy. It's just making us a robot. You don't want a robot. Right. You want a person who has their own energy, their own life, yeah. and shares that with you. Yeah. If they're just sharing with you a carbon copy of you, right. you're going to be fucking bored. Yeah. I mean, you're quick, cool. Real quick. <laughs> right. Real, real I quick. mean, true. Yeah. Some people would be like, no, I'd love that. Yeah. No, you wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I, real quick. Because I get enough of me already. <laughs> you know, like, I don't need another one. <laughs> right. I got one. Yeah. I want someone to shake it up. I want somebody that, that brings something to me, too. Right. Yeah, which is what this is, in effect. Yeah. Right? I mean, last girl, if you just started going to church, stop drinking, stop smoking, stop doing it, you'd do everything she wanted, eventually she'd get bored. You would no longer be you. Right. So the more we're able to do this in our other, mm. the more it reinforces doing it for ourselves. Yeah. So, yeah, she can go out and do this thing. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to do this. And, yeah, that's gravy over there, too. Like, yeah. cool. I can. And then we're being individuals and we're coming together. Yeah, it feels great. Yeah. I think overall everything just feels great. It's awesome. Welcome back. So that was a chock full of surprises. Really? Let's just start. Well, yeah. So out of the blue, not out of the blue, in the beginning, he starts with... <laughs> not he, for him. He's with himself 24-7. Sure, we're sure. only with him one hour a week. Yeah. Um, so he starts out by saying he put in his two weeks notice, which to right. me was shocking because I know that he mentioned he wants to do his own thing, right. but he's never mentioned thinking about quitting or thinking about leaving, not to us at least. Well, he has. Remember he talked early on about wanting his dad's support to do his own thing. Yeah. Yes. Right. Wanting to do his own thing eventually. Right. But he's never been like, I hate my job or I want to quit or, you know, not that he quit because he hated it, but just that we never heard that. I don't think we haven't heard much of that. And you as the audience haven't heard probably any of that because some of what he talks about when he talks about work is specific to his work and to the people there. So it's, it's information. So that's why gets cut out. Right. Cause he, anytime he mentions the company he works for, we cut that piece. Got it. Got it. So that makes sense. So if there's ever anything substantive that, that, you know, we want you guys to hear, absolutely. We'll, we'll cut some things, but leave the rest in. But right. yeah, he's talked about work enough to know that it's not necessarily an environment he really thrives in. Right. right? Yeah. 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 Least. Yeah. So I just was like, what the fuck you put in your two weeks. Okay. So that happened. And it was right off the bat. Like first yeah, thing he exactly. says, like, how you right. doing? Uh, good, you know, put in for two weeks. Like, whoa, right? You haven't even put your butt on the couch, and that's right. coming out of your mouth. All right, right, right. Here we exactly. Go. Okay, yep. so makes sense. And he also, I guess, when he did that, or when he was back at home, he talked to his parents about helping him out financially so that he could leave his work, and they were fine with it. And I thought that was awesome that he right was willing to ask and feel okay about it, and he really said he was and that I guess he's going to probably potentially work with a friend or for a friend or something. Right. And yeah, what, what you're kind of picking up on is one of the things I thought was really cool just as a therapist, as we see 
you know, the progress in a client. Remember, again, I said it, say it again, say it probably three more times this episode. You're with yourself 24-7. We only see you for one hour a week. So for him, he might have been thinking about this constantly and a ton. And what we've worked on is being able to get the support of parents, but not necessarily partner up or have them hold his hand through it. Just yeah, yeah. having them support, which he was able to ask for it and get it. And that made everything else easier. Right? Yeah, totally. There was a few comments that you made. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read them all. I wrote them down. <laughs> Just real Go quick. Go for it running away and running to something. Right, right. There's no such thing as false hope. Right. And you can count your eggs before they hatch, just not your chickens. <laughs> you just sort of said that on a like, <laughs> side, I don't know, it was random, but I was like, that is fucking brilliant. It's funny because it's true, right? Yep. I mean, you hit like three things I love. The I do always say, often say, it's more empowering to run to something than to run away from something. There are some situations that are unsafe or that aren't comfortable that we actually, as a defense, need to get the fuck away from. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Absolutely. Overall, especially when you're talking about life direction, if you have a direction to go towards and you're running forward and looking forward, that's a more empowering feeling than just trying to run away from something. So we talked about that early on when he was talking about wanting to do his own thing. Like, okay, what would that look like? As opposed to, ugh, I hate my job. I just got to get out of here. Right? Right. And the, the false hope, that's big for me, because that's, that's the idea of hope is hope. You know, it, it's a great feeling to have. I think I even said that probably verbatim. It's that idea of false hope is we're trying to temper our excitement or, you know, whatever that energy is by saying, well, it's probably not going to happen. Like we shit on it before we actually get to have it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I get the idea of, you know, I think false hope is also some people's way of saying, I don't want to get too excited. I don't want to, you know, have this ex expectation. And again, I don't think, I think that is different than false hope. There's sort of the optimist, the realist and the pessimist. And I think, right. you know, right. being a realist is definitely important and also having the optimism or trying to manifest what it is that you want, I think is moving towards the optimism. So false hope, fine. Yeah, I have a, a good friend of mine often says, when I win the lottery. Right? Is that good friend Not me? If. Yeah, that's you. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, I say the same thing. <laughs> right. Yep. When I win yep. it. Shit, I got to buy tickets. Yep. <laughs> and that's, I mean, look. It doesn't matter if there's astronomical odds against you winning. Totally. You're not buying a ticket for the false sense of hope. No. You're buying the ticket for hope. Yep, right? exactly. Absolutely. Yep. Is there it realistic? Is. Sure. I have as much chance of winning <laughs> as anyone else who buys one ticket every blue moon, you know? Absolutely. And I don't think many people are going, well, I'm probably not going to win, but I guess I'll buy one anyway, even though it's just throwing money away. That's the pessimist. Like, exactly. Then don't buy one. So back to you, Drew Drew. Then all of a sudden the guy throws out and I think he even said, well, I think it's a good time to bring this up now. Starts talking about his ex-girlfriend who like, where did she come from? Hmm, I was like, right. who the fuck is this? Where did you come from? But okay. Right. And some of that was so confusing for me. And I think not confusing. I think um, the wording, I just was, I was like, really? When I guess so he said she was against drugs and drinking and smoking and going out. And then he said, 
now with his current girlfriend, she says it's okay. And I was like, she says it's okay? Like what she tells him he can? I think, you know, what he meant is she's okay with it. But it's interesting because I didn't know it was a possibility that she wasn't because she goes out and parties a lot. Right. Yeah, I, I think, you know, there's the the details of it and then there's the process of it. And what I, I gleaned from it was his previous girlfriend was active in the church and going to church was a big thing for them. So much so that him not going to church became an issue. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And on the other side of that same spectrum with previous girlfriend, him drinking or smoking was such a bad thing. Right. You know, and it was, it was, you know, horrible. So he, in that relationship, couldn't really be his authentic self. He was trying to cater to what would make her okay. Mm -hmm. And in his current relationship, this girlfriend doesn't really care if he drinks or smokes. Like, yeah, she does it too. No problem. So that that's easier for him. And then what he talked about later in this episode was being able to go to church, right? Yeah. And I loved, he said that because of him being able to be who he really is with his current girlfriend, then he's starting to feel more comfortable and confident. And at one point yeah. he said, I'm feeling strong in who I am and who we are together. Right, right. So I thought that was so fucking poignant. Yeah, that idea that he is feeling more confident being himself, right? And, and being how he wants to be and how he is, which is fantastic. And the more he does that, he's recognizing, oh, so the more I'm good, the more we're good, uh -huh. right? And yep. the we becomes less of a function of him trying to make her happy and him just trying to be happy. Yep. And he, he said that was a huge revelation in the past couple of weeks. I was like, great, right. amazing. He said also at some point he referred back to um, allowing room for disappointment and how it was helpful. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I was like, yes, buddy. Yes. You're using what you're learning. You know, it was fucking awesome. Right. Yeah, it, it's awesome. And and it's it's that idea of, I think I said it later in the session that you don't want a carbon copy of yourself. You know, in mm -hmm. fact, <laughs> he even just went, nah, get enough of me already. Right. Which is hilarious and true. Totally. I'm right there with you, Drew. Yeah, we, we don't we don't want a, a robot version of ourself. You know, that's, you know, it, it will get boring. There'll be less conflict initially, but it will get very boring. And that's, you know, him going, yeah, ah, get enough of me already. Right. We don't want that. So all we can do is be the best self we can be. And remember that that's who our partner fell in love with, you know, is being us. Exactly. Right? Hopefully, if, if you're yourself from the get go. I was going right. to say, yeah. <laughs> also, there is that piece, and I've encountered this many times, sure. where People are like, you start to hate the things about the person that you fell in love with them for initially, because initially maybe it was novel or different. And right, I mean, right. hate and love are strong words, but you know, it happens. Sure. It's all right. Sure. And, and it's, I hear a lot from, from clients that are dating and starting to date or on the apps or whatever it might be. And they catch themselves and go, man, oh, I wish I'd done more of this. Oh, why did I tell them that? I should have been more of this. I'm like, yeah. So you're trying to present yourself a certain way to what? Lure them in and then you can be yourself? Didn't I tell you my best friend gives, gave me that advice with dating? 
I think I've said that before. Really? She was like, be the exact opposite of who you really are in the beginning. And then you'll already <laughs> like, you'll have tricked them and you got them and then you can be yourself. Not her general, that's not her general advice. That was specific to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, for you, I'd agree with that. <laughs> was that, was that when you were like in your twenties? No, that's right now. <laughs> that's literally. Hilarious. Yep. Another thing that really jumped out at me was in passing, so rando, Drew was like, yeah, and then when we were at church, my mom came up to me and said, sorry for being a shitty mom. And then it was like, yeah, well, yeah, we'll have a conversation about this later. I was like, what the fuck? Right, right. You just, okay, sure. Mom, rando, and also Drew, rando, but. And Meredith, non-rando, because I, I love this about us, right? And how we hear things. And maybe you guys out there listening caught that too. That was something that as, as a therapist, you go, whoa, okay, that's big. What's really, to me, big about that is it didn't spin Drew out. Yeah. Like he heard it and recognized it. And he even said, okay, yeah, well, we're not going to get into that now because this weekend's about this, but that's something, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that. We'll get there. That's sort of like in the very beginning of the sessions with him. If you remember, you know, when he was like Meredith's favorite word, spewing everything out, you know, wanting to tell the whole story. I was like, don't worry, we'll get there. Yeah, you can handle the unknown or the waiting. And that's really hard a lot of times for a lot of people. Understandable. Right. As Tom Petty says, the waiting is the hardest part. Dude, you are so good. I remember seeing him do that song on the It's the Gary Shandling show. It was just in the middle of the show. That was a brilliant fucking show. Not Larry Sanders, but It's the Gary Shandling show. Yeah. It was a fucking brilliant show. One of my favorites. Loved it. And Tom Petty just appeared on the show. And then they just like in the middle of the scene, went to a single spotlight on Tom Petty and he played The Waiting acoustically with a guitar. And it was brilliant. One of the things that inspired me to become a songwriter. Wow, that's big. Oh, I'm going to yeah, look just, it up. Maybe it's on YouTube. Oh, maybe we could find it and put a link on here. Yes. <laughs> yep. That and Sting doing Roxanne at the Secret Policeman's Other Ball with just him and a guitar was like... Oh. Those two performances of one person with one guitar creating this moment that to me was just so magical. Pretty incredible. Oh my God. I saw Neil Young and Paul Simon, I think, or was it Art Garfunkel? I don't know. Playing acoustic. It was so rad. I just found a clip of George Harrison and Paul Simon doing a couple of songs from Saturday Night Live in Ooh. 1976. Nice. Was, Here Comes the Sun and Homeward Bound, which seemed very appropriate. Oh for my, right now. oh. Love, love, Just the love. two of them with acoustic guitars. It was awesome. There was a point where you acknowledged and you said to Drew that you're that he's really actively looking at things differently and trying things differently. And Drew's response was, yeah, it's almost like I just woke up, which I right. was heartwarming. Oh, Lovely. Loved it. Loved it. And that's, you know, my line for that. I don't know if I busted it in here. I think I did say that is it's getting unplugged from the matrix, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. One of my favorite all-time movies. Wow, we've hit two of my favorite all-times in the last couple of weeks, Ooh. Groundhog Day and The Matrix. But that the, the Matrix, that unplugging from, you know, just that routine, that monotony, that, that robotic, that this is how it is. And now the paradigm shift and we see the whole world completely differently. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what he was talking about last week with The Giver and seeing the little splash of red yep. in this black and white world. And what I was saying with the movie Pleasantville, now the whole world is in color. Yep. Right? Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, pretty cool. And he, you know, when he started talking about one of the, you know, he ended with, and I was like, oh shit, is what is it going to be like when they're no longer working together, which is coming up soon and he's not seeing her every day. 
And, Mm. you know, he said before he would probably have been really freaked out about it, the unknown of not seeing her any day. But he said, because I know I'm okay now and that it'll be okay. And I thought that was also awesome. Yeah. Even if he doesn't feel okay, he knows he is okay. And that was such a great distinction that he's recognizing himself. You know, we kind of worked on that for a little while, but he's embodying it now. And it's cool. Next week, you'll get to see that almost get put to the test because they they take a work trip to Vegas. What? Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. But like a whole bunch of people from work in Vegas and it's navigating what that's going to be like. Because remember, at work, they still don't know that the two of them are dating. Oh, yeah. Cray. Right. So a a lot of like potential triggers and potential relationship conflict. Yeah. Awesome. Looking forward to hearing that. Yeah. So come back to us next week. In the meantime, wherever you're listening to this, please write us a review. It really helps us out. Rate it. Check out the Facebook Lives, the blog that Meredith's been doing on our website, yourmentalbreakdown.com. And stay safe. Stay sane. Talk at you soon. (laughs) And we'll talk at you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.